kids Come join us at the corner Of the round table Alright listeners, welcome to the corner of the round table for Thursday the 7th of December 2023. Um, before I get into it, I thought I'd give a big shout out to the 15 listeners who somehow have us as their top podcast. So we got the the wrapped came through this week and Connie sent it through and yeah, there's 15 people where we are their number one podcast. I'm not sure if that's individuals who've just listened to us once and don't listen to any other podcasts but either way big shout out to you guys so thank you and hopefully 2023 is going to be uh, sorry 2024 is going to be a little bit bigger um one thing i want to uh, i guess encourage is start sending through any feedback that you want regarding my segment uh anything you want more of anything you want less of uh because i'm more than happy to adapt to that in 2024 um, we're going to do the usual thing as we always do, weekend in review, horses to follow, and then we've got a huge weekend of racing. Obviously, we've got Ballarat Cup Day there down in Melbourne. We've got the Gateway, which is a free ticket there to the Stradbroke up here in Queensland at Eagle Farm. And then we've got the Ingham, which is a free ticket into the Doncaster next year in the autumn along with the um, the Northerly over there in Ascot, and then we've got the massive, massive Group 1 meeting there in Hong Kong on Sunday. So we'll touch on everything there. Now, I think due to the timing of me doing this and Connie being able to publish it and do all his usual editing side of things, there won't be a Friday tip, but I will be giving some stuff out for Sunday. So there's a bit of an early disclaimer for everyone. So don't go scrolling through this podcast and skip through all the content just to get to the Friday tip, if that's something that you do, because there won't be one. All right, so weekend in review, we had a really, really good weekend again. So Ascot seems to be playing really nicely and everything that I seem to be picking out there seems to be flying. So we had 17 and a half units spent for a 52 unit return. So at the moment, we're really flying high, which is fantastic. So getting a lot of units up. So I'm really, really happy with how we're going. Uh, we go back and look at some of the races there. So Zipping Classic was won by Military Mission, who was awesome. Uh, Duke Decessor, I think, had everything in his favour. He had the track conditions. He had a brilliant ride there from Mark Zara, and he just couldn't do do what he wants to do and win. So I ended up laying him. Uh, he didn't win the race, which was fantastic. Uh, Muramasa, which was the horse that I was quite keen on, actually did make it a bet within the unit strategy. Ended up pulling up with EIPH. So it's a, a condition where there, I think there's blood uh, detected in the airways. So what that means is essentially the, the horse is overexerted. So watch out for him next prep and fully forgive that run that we just saw there on Saturday. Uh, we also made Rustic Steel a bet there in the festival stakes over the 1,500 metres. He was simply beaten by two better horses. Thought Fearson was judged perfectly up in front, and then Williamsburg was the moral beaten at probably should have been uh, deemed the winner after that protest, but let the stewards do their thing and they get vision that we probably don't normally get there as the average punter. Uh, Zoo Style and Rothfire were fantastic there in the George Moore. The old boy's still kicking it on, which is great. 
Uh, obviously, Zuso had the huge weight advantage from Rothfire, and he actually just loves Doombin. So the Doombin 1,000, I think from memory, don't quote me on this, but I think he's had eight starts for seven wins over the Doombin 1,000. So it's certainly his track and trip, that's for sure. Uh, Knight's Choice, um, after having a big boom on him leading into the spring, and one would suggest he's been unlucky, but also probably underperformed as... Um, as we all expected up here, but he had a huge win on the weekend. I thought he he justified the short quote that he goes. I think he ended up starting around the $3.50 mark, I think thereabouts. So it was a really nice win from him. Um, overpass, best horse in the race, simple as that. Josh Parr gave nothing else, a chance, nothing else a chance, sat handy, peeled out wide in the superior ground and rocketed home, simple as that. He was just too good. Now, the figure it put up, um, overpass put up wasn't hugely... Uh, enormous or anything like that so the, I think the margin was certainly flattered but it was a good win from him and it's good to see him back in the winner's stall and I think winning five million dollars now so he's certainly been a profitable horse for for connections uh, Gennady we made a bet in the last race there at Caulfield uh, it was a brilliant ride from Jamie Carr with a, the majority of those winners there at Caulfield coming from just behind the speed and off the rails which is exactly where she had this horse I don't think he I don't think it fully appreciated the soft going, but it was a nice win. I think the horse can go places and probably step up towards that listed and group company. Uh, we also made a better year in on acquitted up here at uh, Doombin. Obviously, we know the acquitted is elite. Uh, heavy track horse, and now that takes its its record to five starts on heavy, uh, going for four wins. Um, obviously, Chris Lee's decided to scratch it down there in Sydney, so I gave that a I saw that as a good push. So we ended up making it a bet, and actually started with a three in front of its name. I think when I was speaking about it on the podcast, there I think it was about the four fifty five dollar mark, depending on who your bookmaker is. We also had a big bet on investment strategy there in the 1400 meter race. I can't remember the the name there. So it was a bit of a hairy watch for, for the people who, who knew the unit staking or on with me. But once we got clear air late in that last 200 meters, the horse absolutely rocketed to the line. I think that 1600 meter belt certainly, 1600 meter run under its belt certainly gave it that advantage. Now, we've got quite a few horses to follow, but I'm not sure where each of them are going. So the first one there was, uh, first two there come out of the same race. I think they come out of the Christmas Cup, but don't quote me on that, is Little Mix and I'm a Little Rascal. So Little Mix copped a huge bump coming up the straight. She regathered herself and then actually rocketed the line to actually Jag's um, second place. Um, I'm a Little Rascal was enormous. He was right out the back and he had to make that big wide turn and obviously rock, absolutely rocketed to the line. So I think those horses have some ability and I think stepping up in trip for both of them and probably uh, into these summer carnivals, I think they could get a win or two under them. I just hope that they don't meet each other, which always seems to be the way for my black bookers at, um, in recent times. Uh, I thought Rock Legacy was in, I think it was race three there at Ascot, um, was right out the back, peeled out wide to do the usual run that you see there at Ascot, copped a lot of interference and then somehow picked itself up to finish off really, really nicely. I thought it was quite good. Um, You look at the horses in the festival stakes, obviously, Fearson, Rustic Steel, uh, Grabini, um, who was the other horse? Um, Superium. All were really, really good in that race. But I thought uh, Tazarel was great. Now, I know you're probably thinking here, oh, Brendan talks about 
um, Tazarel all the time. It's a really good horse, and I think it's going to be suited up on in these summer months, particularly with the firmer decks that it's going to get. Um, it didn't obviously make the field for the Ingham there, so I'm not sure what the Snowdens are going to do with it, but he's one to follow. I thought showmanship in Gennady's race was enormous. Um, he was about 10 lengths off Gennady coming around the bend, and he made an absolutely huge amount of ground up to, I think, run fourth or third in that race. So I think I'm not sure where John Leake, um, John Leake Sr. takes the horse, but I think he's in for a really good prep, and I think he might be back. Maybe not to, towards his best, but he's certainly there. And then finally, Baller, I thought, was enormous in the, the Rothfire Zoo-style race. Now, obviously, he was over an unsuitable trip. He's more better suited to those 1,200-meter races, not the 1,000 meters like the, the other two. Um, I heard Gollum talking to Steve Hewlett there on Radio Tab during the week, and I think he's going straight into the Magic Million Sprint now in about four or five weeks' time. So he's one to watch because I think he's come back really nicely this prep. So as I said before, this weekend we've got Ballarat, we've got Randwick, and we've got Eagle Farm, and then we'll touch on the Northland before we head to Sunday. So this weekend at Ballarat, um, I first piece of advice I want to Sadie is hold off in betting because we've got a lot of rain expected on Friday and Saturday. So you probably going to think they're saying around 10 mils, 10 to 15 mils there on Friday and then 15 to 20 mils on the Saturday. So the likelihood, if, if the, Bu- the Bureau of Meteorology is correct, we're probably going to be dealing with a heavy deck, which exactly what happened this time last year during the, the Ballarat Cup meeting, which was the one won by Banker's Choice who beat a tissue from memory. So the rail's out two metres from the 400 to the winning post and then through the remainder, which probably isn't going to say anything about track pattern. I think it'll all be, judging by this weather, who handles the going and who doesn't. Um, I do expect fair racing. Um, as I like Ballarat as a track. I think it's a really good track, and you can find that horses do win from everywhere. So the races that I want to discuss are one three and eight so the first race is the gold eureka stockade so it's a three-year-old set weights and penalties race over the 1400 meters so in my speed map i have canyon lands and raymond's reward leading up from the inside barriers and then i could probably see, see brain fog uh, lighting up from the wider barrier to cross them both and actually take up the lead i think the mon- it'll be a moderate pace set and i think every horse should get its chance which is great so if you go and look at the um, the odds here, you can see that Sunset Dreaming is a horse that I've got a lot of time for. Is the, the I guess the early favourite here at a dollar seventy and the short price favourite. Now um, she's been racing in Group Two and Group Three at her last two starts. She comes back to her home track, drops sharply in grade. And I think the two runs that she's had there in that Group 2 and Group 3 company, I think they've been really, really good. And I think race shape and a few other things have played against her. But both times, she's clocked some really, really good late sectionals, which would suggest that she's she's right up to this. Um, she's by Impending, who won a Stradbroke on the Heavy 10 um, a few years ago now. So one would suggest that um, she'll probably handle the going, I hope, but it's Dollar ninety to find out is probably a bit short, and I'm just looking at the odds now. We're at a dollar seventy since I did the research. So obviously, a lot of the pros who do their preview shows on the Thursday night are probably backing her, and that's resulted in people getting on. Um, Canyon lands there. 
Um, obviously lands Jamie Carr, which is a really, really positive thing, has drawn the perfect barrier in barrier one. Um, I think the, the best thing about that is the horse has shown a bit of versatility, so it could probably take up the running in this race or it can probably uh, lead it if it jumps really well. Um, now, we do need to acknowledge, one, it is a maiden, but if you go back and watch its run last start there in the maiden over 1,200 metres there at Mooney Valley, the horse was doing really, really good things, and it just took a very good horse, who I think is very much above average in Oak Hill to beat um, her. The only thing I have, though, is the query at 1,400 metres, so kicked off its career over 11, 12 metres there at Geelong, went to the 1,200 metres, and being by Flying Artie, she... Uh, Flying Addy was a sprinter, so whether or not stretches over 1,400 metres will be will be interesting, but I guess we'll find out on Saturday. And the third horse, who I think is the only other winning chance in this, is this Raymond's Reward. So I love Damien, um, Dean Yendel as a jockey. He rides his provincial tracks very, very well because that's what he does week in, week out. And when a lot of you find, uh, a lot of these senior jockeys seem to ride your Caulfields, your Sandowns, and your Flemingtons and Mooney Valley, obviously, as well. And they don't seem to know these tracks really well. So it's good to see the Yendels on board. Um, the horse does have the 1,400-meter run under its belt, uh, winning a, a warnable maiden. Now, what's interesting is it's had a really nice jump out since at Penhurst over the 1,000 meters. And the horse that um, he beat last start there at that in that warnable maiden uh, actually came out and pissed it in a Hamilton over the 1,400 meters at its next start. And that was in early November. So I think you can look at it. The form lines are quite good, and the horses handled the heavy going. It debuted on the 1,300 meters on a heavy going and only went down by 1.8 lengths to a horse that seemed to have really, really relished the, the heavy going. So I think if you're looking at it from a betting perspective, I think Sunset Dreaming's come up really, really short considering the circumstances of this race and the likelihood that we're going to be dealing with a heavy deck. So I think Raymond's reward is likely to be the map horse and the fact that it's handled the the wet going and has the 1,400 metre un, run under its belt, one would suggest it's going to have fitness on its side and the likelihood is be it'll be probably um, up there and in the finish given its map. Personally, no bet from me, but I think those are you two. I will briefly touch on race three, which I think is a very, very good betting race, given the fact that it's about $5 the field. So this is a BM70 over the 1,100 metres um, for Phillies. And, oh, no, it's not for Phillies, man. Sorry, it's just a BM70. Now, the speed map I have, I have Give Giggles to lead from Tillotson with no drama, probably rolling across with Explosive Thinker, who's also going to try and find a spot. I think fly on by will probably be thereabouts along with where's Poppy. So we'll touch on market order. So if we look at the field, like I said, $5 the field. So one would suggest the market's quite open. So Give Giggles, I think, uh, brings the best form lines coming to this race. Was was far from disgraced on Champions Day, going down to the likes of Ray Magirio and Mornington Glory, who are two horses that I have really good opinions of. Um, this is uh, the the horse's home track, three from three at the at the track. Two from two at the track and distance. So I can see why she's his favourite. The concern I have is whether or not she's going to handle the heavy going. Now, she does have one soft six win to her name where she won quite easily by beating a horse by the name of Power Missile, who's a horse I've, I've actually backed a couple of times. Um, was $2, so it did start uh, start just, just in the black there. So one would suggest she'll probably handle the going. You've got All About Eve, who's a horse that... 
I've always had an opinion of. Uh, she actually won this race year, last year on on the soft five. So I remember talking about it, and she was $15 the day that we spoke about it and ended up starting with the five. 50, I think around the uh, around that, and gets John Allen again, who seems to really really know the horse. Now Andrew Noblet for some reason keeps sending this horse over to South Australia, and the horse just doesn't seem to appreciate the Morfordville or Parks tracks. So I'm glad that she's back to, to Ballarat, where she she boasts a two from three track record and a one from two at the track and distance. Now we know she's going to handle the soft and heavy going, so I think she's a ripping chance around the 750. You've got Cavallo Rapante, who I really loved his win last start there at Packenham over the 1,000 metres. He does have to step up to the 1,100 metres now, though, which, when you look back, his, his only attempt at the, at the trip was actually a huge failure. He does handle... Um, uh, all heavy going, which is, sorry, she handles all the going um, and has only missed the trifecta twice in her career. Um, the map I have for her is, is she's going to sit forward of midfield and she'll get every chance. But the problem is I see that she's vulnerable. She's been vulnerable over the 1,100 metres before. Now we're looking likely that we're going to be dealing with a heavy deck. So you're going to want a hard-fit horse who's likely to be handling 12, 12 to maybe even 1,300 metres. And I don't think Cavallo uh, Rapante has that in her just yet. You've got I'm page three, so obviously you always got to be aware of the undefeated horse. Comes out of very inferior form lands and actually doesn't have a jockey engage, which I'm quite intrigued by. Um, so she is by press statement, which is great. So the step up and trip should be fine. It's just whether or not she's going to handle the heavy going as she's only ever seen a good three and good four in her career. You've then got Tillotson, so wide barrier is an ideal for it, and she may have to work early for that, which isn't going to be great if you're going to be wanting late. Um, the booking for Linda Meat suggests to me that they're going to probably want to lead on her. So um, does have heavy track form and is one on a heavy eight at Canterbury um, in November, but then failed in a class one on the heavy eight at 1,100 metres. So that wet track form is kind of dubious, and it's not sure whether it was just a shit race that she won or whether it was a really good race that she lost in. Um, jump outs have been really good, however. And then finally, we've got Flying By, who handles the heavy going, has one second up and comes out of the 955 meter race there at, um, at oh, what's the one? Mooney Valley. So gets T.O. Nugent, um, loses Craig Williams, which is probably a bit of a loss. Um, I think we'll be up there given the barrier uh, for the horse, and I wouldn't be discounting it there given its, its handling of um, the heavy going. So. I think if I see a push for All About Eve, this is a heart bet more than anything just because I really like the horse and I think she's got ability. But if you're playing it safe, I'd be avoiding the race. But if you want to play and have to have a play, I'd be doing a box first four of seven, nine, 10, 11, 12, and 13. All right, so now we come to race eight, the Ballarat Cup, which is um, obviously the feature race on the day. So um, it's a listed race, really, really good prize money. So it's, it's 300,000 to the winner and 500,000 total. Um, speed mapper here, I think I with, with Just Folk drawing barrier one, I think it will likely end in the box seat with uh, On Francis uh, leading. I think Red Sun, Sation, Red Sun Sensation will be very handy, and I think we're going to expect probably a moderate tempo with everyone kind of finding their spots. So Just Folk... Um, Likely to land in the box seat, like I said, from barrier one and does get the preferred conditions of heavy going um, likely. Now, he is on the quick backup from that Eclipse Stakes last weekend. 
Now, I do have large concerns with him stepping up from the 1,800 metres to the 2,000 metres because he looked out on his feet last week. Um, And although he does get those preferred conditions, I don't think he's actually a chance of winning this race despite having John Allen there. Um, Ain't no deal done. Heavy deck, probably likely to scratch him. If they do run, lay him in the place because he hates heavy going. He just likes the, the good. Uh, now, I did read a report after I did the form, unfortunately, because Foxy Cleopatra was triple nominated. She was in the Ingham, the Santa Cup or something like that that they call it there at Randwick and obviously this race. And I did read a report that she's actually going to be staying down here, which is really, really good. Um, I thought she was enormous in the Cranbourne Cup. She's by American Pharaoh, so the 2,000 metres is not going to be an issue. And she has extended to 2,500 metres in the VRC Oaks. Um I know I read the report and I do have a bit of concerns with her handling the heavy going, but if you go back and watch the ethereal stakes last year where she was on a soft seven, she seemed to relish that ground and only went down by, I think, 0.8 of a length there from Renaissance Woman. Um, I hope she comes here, but I think she's a really, really good chance. And to be honest, I think there's only three winning chances in this race. Um, you've then got Young Werther. He comes out of the best form lines easily, coming out of that champion stakes there that was run, won by a tissue who was absolutely airborne at the time. Uh, he did run third uh, to that race and did beat home the lights of Zaki, who's favourite for that northerly stakes over there at Ascot. Also beat home Proess, Hoida, Montefilia, and West Wind Blows, who the latter being one of the fancies there, I think, in Hong Kong, from what I remember. Um... The concern for him, though, is he's only won three races from 26 starts. However, what we've got to look at is Danny O'Brien seems to have him absolutely flying at the moment. He did string two wins together there, one at Flemington and then one at Mooney Valley. Billy Egan keeps his association, but he does have to concede weight to a a few horses here. We've then got Captain Envious, who comes out of the um, Country Cups final, was only beaten one and a half lengths by Clayton Moore and Red Sensation. I do concede that these are weaker races, but does get Michael D, which I think is a really positive change. And I think the 2,000 metres is perfect within its wheelhouse. Um, Has faced the heavy deck before twice in his career. One was on a heavy eight over the 1,700 metres, which was an absolute romping. And the second was a 2,100 metre race where he was up against some very, very good stays in White Marlin, Luna Fair, and Right You Are. So I think if you're looking at it from... A betting perspective, I think there's only three winning chances in my opinion, and that's Foxy Cleopatra, Young Werther, and Captain Envious. Um, in terms of a betting prospect, I don't like the race for that, but you might be able to put a box trifecta or a box quinella on with those three horses. All right, so now we move on to Randwick there. So there's only two races I want to discuss there. So races six and seven. So Randwick, we're expecting very hot weather down in Sydney. So this is one of those days where you're going to probably want to watch Sky Racing Central or Seven Racing, hopefully, and they show the um, the mounting yard. Look for horses who are really handling the heat because what you'll find is some horses will be very up and about, very antsy when in the heat. They'll be sweating, particularly during the le- um, between their legs. So keep an eye on that. And if you see that happening, then clearly that's showing the horse isn't handling it. Now that we've got dry conditions expected, the rail's in the true position. If we go back and look at the probably the last few meetings there at uh, Randwick, it's been favouring those who are up on speed or up and in, in those inside barriers. So 
I've been looking at the races, or these two races anyway, from that perspective on horses that I think will be up in the first half, arguably probably the first third of the field and probably going to get the best chance. All right, so the first race we're going to touch on is the Santa Cup. So it's a 2,000-meter three-year-old plus handicap. Speed map, I think there's a good amount of pace drawn wide in Baby Rider, Wine Glass Play, Toes on the Nose, and I'm in to win. Um, I think from the inside draw, Floxy Cleopatra can sit just behind the speed if she comes here. If she's not here, then I don't want to bet in this race from a perspective of those in the favorite. And there's a roughie that I want to touch on. So I'm in it to win probably uh, the best of the um, books of one of the best leaders or best riders of leaders in Tim Clark, which is great. Does land barrier seven. So I think you can find the rail pretty easily. So if it isn't up and in or a rails bias, then I think this horse is going to be a great chance. Now, he was great first up at Rose Hill in that BM78 over the 1,500 metres. He then jumped up in grade to the BM88 and was beaten by the race shape, starting a $2.20 favourite. So the market really, really liked him, and the likelihood is that he'll probably start favourite in this race again. I think getting out in trip is probably going to be fine for it, and I think he can control the race, and I think he's a ripping chance, which is good, particularly given that it's 53 kilos and the lightweight. Like we touched on with Foxy Cleopatra, probably brings the best form lines into this race, but it's just a matter of whether or not she's going to be here or not. But judging from that report that I read tonight, the likelihood is she won't be. Uh, wine, glass, bla- uh, wine Glass Base comes out of a, a Newcastle BM88, um, where it was given an absolute peach from Tyler Schiller. Sat behind the lead, got the split at about the three, two or 300 metre mark and had the best sprint of those um, to finish the race compared to Pavade and I'm in it to win. Then got toes on the nose, um, loses Nash, which probably isn't ideal, um, was given a really, really good ride from Nash uh, last start, um, somehow sat just behind the leaders on, on the fence, um, did have a bit of an advantage over the other back markers in that race and powered through the line. Now the horse is by Ocean Park, so the distance is fine and the drop of four and a half kilos probably is going to be a really, really good thing for the horse. Now that brings me to the roughie in the race that I think is an absolute ripping chance, and that's Superium. So I think he's the he was in the fifteen hundred meter race last week, the fifth the festival stakes that was won by Fearson. Now I thought his run up the rails was really good, and the first five across the line were really good, and we touched on those because a few of them are quite fancied there in the Ingham. Um, he does go up six kilos from that run, which is unfortunate. But the last time he was on the quick backup, he went from the Sandown Stakes over the 1,500 metres at Sandown, obviously, to the Port Macquarie Cup over 2,000 metres five days later. And he absolutely blitzed them. So I think he's got a similar setup here. Um, Adam Hieronymus Hippo is absolutely flying. And I think he's getting the best out of his horses. And I think from barrier three, the horse can be sitting very, very handy here. So if you're looking at this race from a betting perspective, I think if Foxy Cleopatra is here, I think it probably wins. It's the best horse in this race. But if she's not, then I think Superium is a fantastic each-way player to one by three. Now we go to the Ingham. So this is the $2 million Group 2, um, which gives you a free ticket into the Doncaster Mile next year there in the, the autumn. Now I think we're going to get a decent tempo here, I think. From the wide barrier, you can see Surf Dancer rolling across from the outside with Fearson. Now, if Military Expert does make the field, I think it'll certainly be up on speed there as well. 
So let's touch on market order. So detonated jack, I think the writing was on the wall last start in that gong race over this on the soft going. Um, it was one of those days where it was like a they knew moment because he was absolutely truckloaded in late in betting and he blasted home to win very, very nicely with Jason Collette and the ball um, on board. Now, if he does run to that and the Randwick track is playing very fairly, then I think he's an absolute ripping chance. He does rise two kilos from that and he's drawn horribly from barrier 15. So the likelihood given his race pattern is he's probably going to drop back out, which as we know from the last few meetings at Randwick hasn't been the best of places to be. Um, Osipenko, I think he's gone. Barry 24 is also junk for him. I think he would need something special to turn the tables on Jack anyway. Now, this brings me to the horse that I'm really quite keen on in this race, and that's Lions Raw. Now, I thought he was enormous first up. He just got way too far back, and he, he clocked the rate on um, the day's fastest last 200 meters. Now, you go back and watch a lot of his runs. He's been sitting at the mile. He then went to like a handicap behind um, King of the Castle carrying the big weight. He then went to the little dance carrying 62 kilos, and he was all the way out back. And he absolutely rocketed through to the line. Now, he drops a massive nine kilos off that run. He's got 53 and a half kilos. And Tommy Sherry knows the horse very well. And I think this is an absolute setup job from, um, from John O'Shea. And I think if you're looking at this from a betting perspective, I think he's an each-way moral. And I think he's going to definitely place. And I think he's a ripping chance of actually winning this race. Valana, I think, is not going as well. Would need some rain anyway to, to even consider it being a chance um rustic steel now we know that i had him in the black book with this marked as probably his grand final and i thought last week last week's run really grayed me up i thought he was given an absolute peach there by clipperton and he just couldn't get fearson or williamsburg who i thought was going much better than him now i know he loves the mile he's had four starts for three wins uh here and he's one from one at the track and trip Barrier one should be really good for him, so I think he can sit quite handy given his versatility. So I think he's a good chance, but whether or not he's as good a chance as some others, given he's, he is carrying 56 and a half. We've then got a tractable who was great in the big dance and was given actually perfect ride from Regan. Uh, was That was on a day where it was quite advantageous to be up and in. So I think he maybe was gifted that run and flattered a little bit. Um, had a great trial in preparation for this on the 28th of November. Um, and really, when you look at the barrier for it, in terms of barrier three, it's drawn to get the exact same run it did in the big dance. Now, Cepheus has to overcome barrier 19 in this big field and lump the big weight. Does get a two-kilo weight swing, um, uh, which is a two-kilo increase, I think, from last start is what I looked at. Um, no, sorry. Yeah, two-kilo reduction from last start. And then finally, we've got Williamsburg. If he gets in the field, I think he's a ripping chance. But the likelihood being 21st emergency, I don't think it will. So for me, it's Lions Raw um, each way uh, for Barrier 5. That Just that weight drop for me is such a huge thing. And I think he's been gearing up for this race. And he actually ran second in this race last year. All right, so now we go to Eagle Farm. So we've got sunny and hot temperatures here in Brisbane. Rail's in the true position. Now, obviously, we know with um, dry weather and a dry conditions, it is hard to make up ground at any track regardless of it, of a bias, just because of the, the fast running and the firmness of the track. So just keep in times that, excuse me, keep in, keep in um, 
So keep in your mind when you are watching those earlier races to just see how the track pattern is playing. So we're going to touch on races 6, 8 and 9 for this one. So I'm just getting them up here. So race six is the Bribey Handicap. So this is one of those main lead-ups to the Magic Million Sprint, or one of anyway. Now we've got a really fast speed anticipated with Prince of Broom, Rubiquous, Amity Girl, if she makes the field, Steady Ready and Flaming Conquest, all likely to be kicking up and, and rolling forward and probably setting a really nice pace. Now Prince of Boom, something went amiss first up in that Swiss Ace there. Um, he looked to be... Um, making his run at the top of the straight and after sitting three wide i think you can understand why he didn't do great but go back and watch the footage and something just wasn't right with him and then i looked at the stewards report and it said he pulled up with cardiac arrhythmia so you can probably excuse that poor run now we did carry 59 kilos in that um, race and has carried 59 kilos before so i don't really have him an issue with carrying him 61 kilos and he gets my my boy michael rod on board now we we know he loves the distance we know he loves the track so i think he's a ripping chance at around that four five dollar mark we've then got shooting for gold who's also really good in that swiss ace uh drew barrier 13 so he's had to sat sit out back and absolutely rocketed to the line it was just natuno who had a better run in transit who seemed to to um to win obviously better than him second up record is good loves the track and distance and can probably sit handier from that low draw ripping chance um, all that pizzazz I thought was all right in the Keith now behind Extremis and Zarastro, who has actually come out and, and won in emphatic fashion since, um, was beaten by three and a half, three point one 3.1 lengths. We then got F Troop, who was another one who comes out of that um, Swiss Ace, did SP in that run, $41, so one would suggest the market didn't really, really like it. Um, and the concern now is you're getting 850 about it. So 41 to 850 is a bit funny. Um, good second up record, however, and does handle the track there at Eagle Farm. Does drop two and a half kilos after that Swiss Ace run and does get keep Thornton, who, like I said in previous podcasts, is absolutely flying at the moment. Big thing, listen to Tony Gowan's final gallop, which I think came out tonight on his chances. And then finally, we've got Mabel, who brings that Sydney form, was given a really good ride from Jason Collette there in the race where we backed Headwall. Um, loves the distance. It's just the step up and grade and whether or not it can handle it. I think betting-wise, you can probably forgive Prince of Boom for his last run, and I think he'll drift given his barrier and that, that poor performance. So I think shooting for goal will likely start favourite. Um... I think, honestly, from a betting perspective, I probably couldn't pinpoint it down to a specific horse, but I think one, two, five, seven in a box trifecta would probably be a good bet. Um, race eight, we've got the gateway. So this is one of the, it's interesting, they changed it this year. So previously, the winner of this race gets an automatic entry into Stradbroke, but they've changed it now to give a free slot. So what can happen is you can, the winner can obviously nominate to run in this race as its own one, or you can pick a horse to run it, which I think is crap. It's all the, um, like, what horses are going to want to go with a slot and share prize money with connections when they're probably likely get in the field just on their own merits. It's a shit concept in my opinion, but it is what it is. Um, you look at this race, I think Freedom Rally just wins it. Three from three at the track, winning in emphatic fashion over this track and distance back in July by two and a half lengths. Keeps Orman, now is against his own age bracket. Was good in the class six behind the face, who was Frank that former pissed in last weekend. I think the horse just wins. And I know Tony Golan has a big opinion of this horse and is really keen to get its chances there into a Strabroke, the race that he's always wanting to win. 
Um, all right, and last of all, we're going to touch on B, the race nine, the BM80 there. So speed map, good tempo set by Dr. Why Not and Delexo from the inside draws. I think Hollywood North can park up handy if it gets into the field. I think Self-Indulgent is a very fast source. It will likely roll forward from the outside draw. And then you've probably got Sailor's Secret probably doing the same thing from that car park. Um, I think there's only one horse to talk about here, and that's Go Wanji. Um, I think if he's even improved even marginally from his first up run after 441 days. I think he's a genuine winning chance. I've got no issues with him carry the 60 kilos. He's done it before and absolutely blitzed him. Uh, he's got, uh, at the track, he's got five starts for three wins, a second and a third. Track and distance, four starts, two wins, a second and a third. And distance record, seven starts for four wins, two seconds and a third. Um, I think he's a great chance. Just keep an eye on the yard, get Bernadette's tick of approval, or if you see market support, just launch into him because I think 650 is an absolute gift for a horse that we know is going really, really well and is probably very, very much above average. That brings us to Ascot. So weather's nice and sunny over there. We've got a hot day, 30 degrees on Saturday. Rail's out two metres. Now I'm just going to touch on the, the Northerly, which is race eight there, the 1800 metre weight for age race. So speed map wise, we've got Zumon and Zaki likely to roll forward from their wide draws. Maricino is probably going to kick up from the inside there and set a moderate tempo. Now, if you go in through this field, I'm going to touch on seven runners, and I think there's only two winning chances in my opinion. So Zaki is probably the only genuine weight for age horse in this field. I'm well aware that he's entering the twilight end of his career, but I think if even if he's at 80%, I think he's better than all of these guys, particularly away for age. Now, his record at the distance is five starts, four wins, and a third. He loves the Melbourne way of going or the, um, the anti-clockwise way of going. Um, I thought his run in the McKinnon, or as they call it, the champion stakes, was enormous. He sat behind West Wind Blows, and while West Wind Blows was going backwards, Zaki just kept finding under car, and he only went down by 1.5 lengths, I think, or roughly that, to a tissue, and he crossed the line with Dewayas and Young Werther, who's always we spoke about there at the Ballarat Cup, and he did beat home prowess, Hoida, Montevilla, and West Wind Blows, as we spoke about. I think J-Mac will have him sitting perfectly, and I think he just wins this race. And we've got Alfacino. I know Corbs has a really good opinion of the horse. Continues to race well without winning. Does have nine starts for six wins and three uh, seconds at this track and is one from one at the 1,800 metres here at Ascot. Interestingly, they've taken the blinkers off. So one would suggest from that barrier, I think Pike is going to probably go out the back and or at least let her settle where she wants and then attempt to loop coming down the outside, which just seems to be the, the pattern over the last couple of days there. Um, at Ascot on Saturday. Um, does give Zaki two kilos. Um, sorry, Zaki gives it two kilos, which appears not enough when you're looking at it purely, excuse me, from a weight for age perspective. Now, the smoky in this field for me is a lot of good men. I loved his run in the WA Guineas behind Zip Away. Um, I was on Zip Away, so I was cheering hard. And when Brad Parnham chose to lead, I was really, really stoked with that because I thought he could dictate the pace and was a horse looking for 1,600 metres. Now, this fellow was right out the back. And if you go back and watch the run, he was absolutely rocketing to the line. So I think the step up to 1,800 metres, and I think in time, 2,000 metres, he'll be probably suited there. Now, he drops four and a half kilos from that run at the WA Guineas, and he's drawn to sit in the first half of the field. So I think carrying the lightweight, which I think is the 53 kilos, I think he's a great chance. 
We've then got Bustler, who was enormous in the railway. He got the split and rocketed through the line. Now, he is a horse who's always shown ability. It was just unfortunate that he was in the same generation there as Amelia's Jewel. Now, he's had one one attempt at this trip before in this race last year on the minimum, and he only went down to Amelia's Jewel by two lengths. So he does get a six and a half weight uh, six and a half kilo weight increase, probably for that railway win, but also because he's he's older. Um, so not from his railway win, sorry, because he is older, um, and but he has drawn well. We've then got Zipaway, who was suited by the race there in the WA Guineas. I think 1,800 metres might be a bit of a concern at this level for it, and I prefer a lot of good men, and I think he's got more upside moving towards this. Um, Dom to shoot, uh, a blind man could have seen that run in the railway. Uh, I thought he was enormous. He does go up five kilos from that one. Has actually never won at this track, um, this track and trip, which is quite interesting. Um, barrier one is probably a little bit sticky, giving his racing pattern. So either Noski's going to have to take his medicine and go all the way back, or he's going to have to use some energy up to kind of get sit handy. So let's wait and see and hope he jumps on even terms. And finally, we've got Zoom on, who I think is heading towards more like a Perth Cup. So I think this might be just a run for him. So betting-wise, I think if Zaki's 80%, he just wins. But I think if you want to have a bet at something at odds, I'd be getting on a lot of good men each way. All right, so like I said, we're probably not going to... Well, I'm not going to be giving any Friday tips just as this will probably come out after the fact. But when we're looking at this race, I'm going to touch on Sunday. So I've got a couple that I really, really like. So there's a horse there racing at Werribee in race two called Bell Nera, B-E-L-N-E-R-A. So I loved the horse's jump out um, on the 27th of November, sat out the back and absolutely rocketed through to the line. So has raced on the soft tracks before, won at Morfittville in the listed race on debut, and then went to a two-year-old handicap at Sandown over the 1,000 metres. So I think the horse is, um, I think she's ready to go. Um, I think she's got great ability, and I think she'll be winning this race unless it's a heavy track. But I know she's been nominated for some other races there Um over next week, one at Mornington and another one. So we'll see what they do or what connections opt to do. The other horse that I'm right quite keen on is Margie's Boy. Now, is nominated for race six there at Werribee, but is um, a emergency. So I think I'm just looking through the field now. We do have second emergency, so does need a couple of scratchings to come out. Now, if we do get the scratchings, I think the horse is a great chance. I think it's likely to handle the soft and heavy going. So it's actually had one really good win on the heavy eight before. So I think if it gets in the field, it's a ripping chance. Um, so that's race six there at Werribee. It's also nominated for Taralgon race five there on the same day. Um, I think it's a great chance in either race. So um, there your two Sunday tips. Um, in terms of quickly touching on Shartin on Sunday. So you've got the big race meet over there, which is arguably probably their biggest um, day with four group ones. So you've got the Vase, the Sprint, the Hong Kong Cup, and oh, how am I forgetting it? Raise the sprint and the mile. All right. So we'll touch quickly on each of the races. So in the vase, I think there's only two winning chances in this race. And you've got 
I'm really disappointed because I was looking through Twitter today and there's a horse, a Japanese horse by the name of Shea R. And I thought it was an absolute living and breathing moral after its run there in the Breeders' Mile there in America. Um, there was an ECG abnormality detected on a recent cardiac test, I think they did today. So we were subsequently scratched. Now, how I look at this is we've got Lemben Still, I think is how they pronounce it. The whole horse is awesome. It's had five starts for three wins and two seconds. Um, has been racing in some very good company and actually knocked off a horse that I've got a great opinion of in Japan um, in a group two by the name of Soul Orions. Um, I think it's a great chance. Got Joe Moreau, the magic man on board, who's just an absolute freak of a jockey and it's drawn really nicely. The other horse that I really like in this race is Warm Heart. Um, is by Galileo, 10 starts for five wins and three seconds. So it's only missed the Quinella twice in its career. Loves the good decks, is five, four from five at the, uh, at the distance. And I thought was really, really good there uh, in the group one over 2,000 meters behind In Spiral. The only concern I have for it is whether or not, um, sorry, no concern for it is that it's actually at 2,400 meters. You see that a lot of its runs have been over 2,000 meters, and I think it's better suited over the mile and a half. So I think there's the two winning chances, and just keep an eye on the world pool and see what money um, comes for each. Go to race five there at Chartin, and you've got Lucky Swain SE. Uh, there, $1.90, I think it's the biggest lay of the day. The horse just has not come up this prep, and you go back and watch that Group 2 win that he had last start, carrying the 58 kilos, and he just looks like a tired horse, and I think there's this horse, the, the horses that he faces here on Sunday are much better credentialed than what he faced um, back then. So you've got some really good horses. Obviously, Wellington is a great horse who loves this track and trip. You've then got Highfield Princesses won Group 1s over there in the UK and France. So you've got some really, really good horses coming through. So I think he's a layered around the $1.90 mark. And so disappointing that Betfair don't do Hong Kong markets because I wouldn't be able to. I'd love to lay him. We then go to the Hong Kong Mile. Um, California 60 just wins. I don't care about Barrier 14. He's one of the. He's arguably the greatest horse that's ever raced in Hong Kong, and is one of the Hall of Famers, probably four mile horses in the world ever. He just wins. Two seventies a gift. Take it now. Awesome. And then finally, we go to the Hong Kong Cup. Now this is a ripping race. So you've got Romantic Warrior there at 250. Now he's the local hero. He's likely to start favourite. So if you you're keen on some of the Japanese horses, wait because he'll probably drift. You've then got Prognosis there, who brings Equinox form. Um, only got beaten by Equinox by 3.8 lengths, which I think is an achievement within itself. You've then got Roshun Rosham Park, who comes out of a Group 2 three-year-old um, plus race over the uh, 2,200 metres, beating title holder, who just ran fifth or no, so fourth to Equinox there in the Japan Cup. Uh, you got Luxembourg, who's obviously Aidan O'Brien's um, Horse who only went down to Augustine Road and by a length last start there over the 20, uh, 2012 metres there at Leopardstown. We know Augustine Road and went down there to the Group 1 meeting there in America and absolutely won like a champion. So I think if you're looking at it from this perspective, I'm not super keen on Romantic Warriors chances. I'd be likelihood I'm probably going to be betting around him and probably trying to either take the UK form or um, the Japanese form going to this race. 
So unfortunately, that's all I have for you guys tonight. Um, good luck on the weekend if you're having a punt, like I always say. Um, if you do want the unit staking, just send Connor text there on the social media and I'll be more than happy to share that with you. Um, have a good week on the punt. Good luck and let's keep this winning form up.